The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. My name is Chris Shad. I write for Bring Me the News, as well as Zone Coverage and the namesake of this podcast, the Viking Age, uh, as well as the Brookings Register. My co-host is Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age. And we do this every Monday and Thursday right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. But if you miss us, we're available in podcast form on Apple and Spotify the very next day. But however you consume us, rate, comment, like, and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Adam, I am currently scrolling through an article that just popped up on my phone. Oh, boy. And it is ESPN ranking the worst off seasons uh, in the NFL. Yeah. So I am I am scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. The Minnesota Vikings are ranked 20th. Uh, in this group, twentieth. So worst. what? Yes. Well, so yeah, first through twenty. So they're starting like, with thirty-two, and they're counting them down. So we're oh. not thirty-second. That's good. Thirty-second was the Tennessee Titans, who, um, they're screwed, man. <laughs> Did you see? Let's start here because I wasn't really sure what I was going to do for a transition. But let's start here. Did you see all the stuff like between Will Levis and like Mike Vrabel and stuff? I think it was Yori Epstein and. Uh, a Yahoo writer had a podcast and they were like going through everything. And basically everything that Will Levis said uh, was completely proven false by everybody else on the Titans. Like he said, Oh yeah, me and Ryan Tannehill, like Tannehill's going to talk. They didn't even run into each other at mini camp. Uh, like he's like, yeah, I got, I got a football from Mike Vrabel. He signed it for me. And Mike Vrabel's like run the damn ball kid. Um, oh, good. I think the Vikings dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was on the he was on the board when it was their turn. They could have taken him, but they're clearly. Uh, and I think the Vikings probably knew more about him than a lot of other teams because of uh, their connection to his old offensive coordinator. So they were able to just kind of really know what he was all about, whether what he was doing out in the open was was real or not, or uh, it was uh, a facade. And uh, the Vikings didn't fall for it. So good luck to the Titans, who have now drafted what two quarterbacks within the first three rounds in the last two drafts. So it's going well. It's going really well. And they're going to drop one of them, apparently. Um, that's how I operated my dynasty team. I'm like, maybe Travis Kelsey, you suck. I'm going to drop you. And then Le'Veon Bell, screw you. I'm going to trade you for Nick Foles. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Maybe I did, w- I did win two titles in that league before I quit this year. So maybe maybe Malik Willis can go hang out with his buddy uh, Rick Spielman, who thinks he's the next great quarterback. How do you handle an overrated chat, uh, Malik? Just, just tell me here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So while you were talking, I bought enough time to uh kind of skim through this uh article by bill barnwell so let's start here let's just let's just go off the rails and we'll just start here and then we'll get into ogas and all that stuff so i find it interesting barnwell says the vikings didn't make a bigger commitment to contending or rebuilding given a difficult cap situation it's tough to feel as if they have a great handle on what sort of team they're going to be in 2023 and 2024 given that they 
just won 30 games while being out to their opposition. They moved on from Hendricks and Thielen, but held on to Harrison Smith. They were willing to keep Smith and Cook on the roster in May when that cap space and cash could have been budgeted elsewhere in March. Fair argument? That's fair, but I would I think everyone would agree that Harrison Smith is still, uh, uh, I guess, a reliable NFL player compared to Eric Hendricks and Adam Thielen. I would still say that he has probably a little bit more left in his tank than, than those two. So if you're going to pick between the three, I think they picked the right guy. I agree with Barnwell in the way that they say the Vikings kind of have one foot in each pot. Like it's the competitive yeah. rebuild thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Where, okay, you're not going full Rams, but you're not going full Bears either. Where you're just burning it down, getting right. draft picks and cap space so you can just create a team like a Madden franchise. Like the Vikings are not really sure like what you want to do. Like Quasey might be sitting in his office going like, okay, I, I want to prepare for the future, but I got Mark Wolf like being like, Hey, you going to win 10 games this year. Hey, you know, right, right, right. we're going to be in the playoffs. How, <laughs> how's it going? There was also an article I read. I think it was the one I'm going to be mentioning here from Alec Lewis, how Mark Wolf uh, actually came down from yep. the owners meetings to yep. see how uh, things are. You know, once they made the change, from like Ziggy being the figurehead to Mark Wilf being, I, I don't know if that's a good word, but like the active owner, well, maybe we can put it that way. Public, like Mark Wilf. The public Mark, face. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Like the public face of the Vikings ownership group mm-hmm. is Mark Wilf now. Yeah. And since like, I think he took that mantle when Zimmer and Spielman were fired. And ever since then, yeah. the Wilfs have had this hands-on thing because they realized, hey, we were screwing around with our soccer mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Now we're just going to be involved in most matters. And maybe, you know, yeah, maybe uh, invest more time in the thing that's worth billions of dollars compared to your soccer team. <laughs> no offense to soccer fans, but. No, but yeah. The gonna... NFL makes a little more money than the MLS. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm just, just, I'm just saying. Um, no, I, I actually wrote something at Zone Coverage, and I was trying to figure out, like, what success is for the Vikings this year. And for me, I don't think it has to do with wins and losses. Like if the Vikings win five games, they have a high draft pick. They can get their quarterback. They can kick this thing in a high gear and they'll have a ton of cap space after the moves they made this offseason. That being said, like if they also win 11 games, I'm not going to be upset either because the Vikings are going to be competitive. Like the way that I think this moves forward is if the young players develop, because I think that's. That's what it was last year. So, like, if they win seven games, let's say, but Jordan Addison looks really good. You're seeing gains from Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, and Caleb Evans in the secondary. This draft class class has a lot of hits. Uh, Dwayne McBride looks like a beast. Like, if you see little things like that and they only win seven games, I think the season is success because you can look at that and go, okay, maybe we're a quarterback away. Maybe we need to go get a corner in free agency who's just a beast. Maybe we need to make a big trade. Like, you have a solution. Like, for years, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman had seven to nine seasons where you're just like, what is the direction here? Like, mm-hmm. these seventh-round picks that you took aren't working out. So I, when people talk about the offseason, they're like, oh, yeah, it was a failure. I think that it's a little bit harsh because we don't know if it is until we see these young players in action because that is what matters now. It used to mean that, hey, we need to, like last year, the objective was squeeze every drop out of this core because mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer wasn't getting everything out of it. Kevin O'Connell set the culture. He kind of gave the owners a taste of what it could be when this team has everything set up. 
And now they're trying to get to that point where it's not just, hey, we need to do financial cap gymnastics to do this. No, we have cap flexibility. We have we uh we can do anything we want. Yeah, I think it's important to point out that the Vikings aren't like the only team that does things like this where they get rid of maybe older players little by little and then try and build upon younger players and not really just go all out with cap space and things like that. You look at teams like the Steelers, the Ravens, uh, the Seahawks, who are just like, they're competitive every year. It doesn't mean they're ready to contend for a Super Bowl, but eventually they're they're building up to that point. And I think that's kind of what maybe the Vikings are trying to do or want to do where they're going to be competitive every year. Um, and eventually they'll get to a point where they can contend instead of, you know, tanking, you know, and trying to get the number one pick, which is, you know, pretty, the chances of that happening are, are pretty low. And then if you do get it, the chance of that player becoming a, a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence, like it all depends on your coaching staff and everything around them for, for them to be successful. Um, so I think the Vikings are more taking the approach of a team like the Steelers or the Ravens or the Seahawks, where every year, they're going to be competitive. They're going to they're going to make sure that their organi- organization is top notch, like their facilities and everything and, and work on that stuff. And then, you know, keep building every year. And then what? No, what? I, I'm laughing because I thought about like the number one organization thing. And mm-hmm. like somebody was like, oh, hang a banner for that. Dude, that stuff is important. It, it's yeah. important. You, you think free agents are looking at Arizona going like, I'm going to go there right now. No. <laughs> obviously, yeah, obviously it still comes down to money. Just ask Zadaria Smith. Um, Especially when uh, that money is being used to pay for your own lunches at the team facility. <laughs> I think they get free. Zadaria uh, Smith ain't going to Arizona. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's going to <laughs> Cleveland. Byron Murphy just left Arizona. So he's probably just like, wow, this is like, this. I feel like I'm royalty here in in. Minnesota. Holy, holy shit, I can have a banana before practice <laughs> and like don't have to pay for it? Vikings facility is very nice. They have like a smoothie bar and everything. It's pretty insane. Um, but yeah, I just think the ownership doesn't want, they don't want to put out a, a bad product. And the Vikings have never really done that on purpose. Like even when they had their worst season, you go back to 2013 and 2011. In 2011, they traded for Donovan McNabb. They yeah. thought he was going to be good. They thought he would be able to just keep them competitive Christian Ponder could maybe sit for a year and learn behind him. And 2013, they just came off a year where they made the playoffs. So, like, this is how they've really been the entire, I would say, the entirety of the Wolf ownership. And even a little bit before then, um, they're just not a franchise that they would rather be. They would rather be mediocre and give fans, you know, a tiny bit of hope than to be a team like the Jets or, you know, the Jaguars, who's terrible for a year. And, okay, cool, you get high picks. but are those, those picks aren't guaranteed to to do anything. So might as well just focus on staying competitive and adding little by little pieces, and then you can possibly have a better chance at actually winning something. So I think that's probably what they've been doing and what they'll continue to do. Well, we can talk a little bit more about the offseason a little bit later here when we got the doldrums, but I just found that interesting as it popped on my phone just as the countdown was starting. I'm like, hey, who's number the one? are in there. Uh, let's see. They did not rank. They only ranked the top 16. So the cutoff line was no 17 cutoff line was the Jacksonville Jaguars at seven. So they were like, kind of like average. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming he'll have a second article where he goes over the top half, uh, the worst ones. So I mentioned number 32 was here are the five worst ones. So we have the Titans at 32, the Rams at 31, the Raiders at 30, hmm. 
the Giants at 29 and the Lions at 28. Oh, I, I was going to I was yeah. going to ask you if the Lions were in there because they had all this cap space and all these draft picks and like I just said, you can have all these high pick, but it really matters what you do with them. And the Lions, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens with the Lions. Like if they just go belly up, like it's I the mean Lions, man. I, they I, could they could go either way. They could either like build off the last season and like take another step. I could see them just winning nine games again and just beating the same team. But yeah, for sure. That's just me. Uh, and you're you're banking on Jared Goff staying healthy all year. You're banking on all your top players staying healthy. Like it's the NFL so different year to year. It's like there's like like even those teams I mentioned, the Steelers and Ravens and Seahawks, like they're able to be competitive because of coaching and, and stability and things like that. And they ha- they have injuries, too. But like that can affect your season greatly. And, and are the Lions an organization that can handle something like that? Because two years ago, what, they won four games? Yeah. So it's not they, they're not that that far away from. I mean, they were they were one in seven to start last year, weren't they? Or like two and seven. One in six, and then they just got red hot. Yeah, they're one and six, and then they fired their like defensive backs coach, and that apparently lit a, a fire in them. But that's interesting that they're in there because everyone just assumes the Lions are, you know, they they beefed up their their defense and free agency, and they added a top notch running back in the draft. It's just like that's why they have four prime time games or whatever it is. They do, including opening night. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that that'll oh, be. I wonder that? if I like. I wonder if by like halftime, everybody be like. Well, we fucked up. Um, <laughs> and I don't think Patrick Mahomes has ever lost in September. I don't think he's ever lost. So good luck with that. Yeah, be be a fun watch. Everybody will be yeah. fired up. For um, <laughs> let's get on to OTAs because uh, Brian Flores' defense is generating rave reviews. Uh, the article I mentioned from Alec Lewis of The Athletic had some interesting quotes from players when it came to Flores' defense. Uh, KJ Osborne called it exotic. Uh, Alexander Madison said it was intense. Uh, he actually said the way they came out, I wasn't prepared to have my mind racing so fast. Uh, and then he also, then there was uh Lewis scene who said this defense puts guys in places where it plays to their strengths. You're going to play to your strengths and dominate Andrew Booth jr added, we're going to make the offense react to us. Lewis also mentioned the Vikings showed three safety looks with Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, and Lewis Seen. And he also had linebackers walking up to the line of scrimmage. Gee, Adam, I don't know. It sounds like the Vikings defense is completely fixed. Uh, it, all it took was one week of OTAs. <laughs> uh, what's the date? May It is 25th? May 25th. Yeah, let's, uh, let's temper it down a little bit. <laughs> you know, um, I, I mean, now that the defense is fake, I mean, Kirk's like what top three quarterback, like that's all that needed to happen. Like all, all that Kirk, it was like the infinity gauntlet. He's like got elite offensive line, elite weapons, elite coaching staff, head coach that likes him <laughs> elite defense. And now Kirk's just going to rule the universe. I want to point out the the comments from Alexander Madison, who was like, "I wasn't prepared to have my mind racing." Oh, this is the guy yeah, that's who's supposed your starting to be... running back. By the way, congratulations, guys! <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's great that you weren't prepared. Anytime have... I tried to hit a hole, there was a guy there. Well, yeah, yeah because yeah, you were yeah. running in the back of your offensive line. But okay, <sighs> that's great. That's great. Really encouraging. I uh, wonder why they drafted a running back. Um, yeah, it's exciting to hear that you know it's exotic and intense or whatever, and they're just you know moving all over the place. 
but you have to remember like what they're kind of comparing it to which is just like the what's what was like that robotic football game that you could play back in the day with like the sticks and everything and move them back and forth is that like uh, the i am gonna date the hell out of myself yeah. is it the magnetic football yeah 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 that's what makes Where, me like that, you know that's what, you, the thing would vibrate yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah players would move that's what ed donatello's defense reminds me of because they're just so <laughs> just standing there and then you compare that to brian flores who if, if there's like a safety moving they're like oh my god what, what do we do um so like but it's cool like uh, some of the stuff i've heard about you know uh, using three safeties, using Cameron Bynum in the nickel spot, uh, you know, putting Lewis Seen back there, uh, putting Josh Martellus in the linebacker spot, moving them all over the place. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff to make the offense think. And one, it's good for the offense to play against a defense like that because playing against whatever defense that was last year did not help them at all, which goes to show that the Vikings offense could be even better um if they play against you know a legitimate defense in practice um but it's encouraging i'll say that for for and we knew brian Flores. we know brian Flores's defense is going to be aggressive so this this isn't like it's only happening in otas and then when we get to the regular season it's just going to be bland again which is i think i think you posted something yeah i didn't read it but like how like uh in early in otas or something maybe like at wait 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 you're spoiling it you're okay, spoiling okay, it okay, hang okay, on okay okay Please. <laughs> okay sorry I did post it, but I, I didn't read it. Yeah. So I, let, let, hang on. Let me let me just let, okay. I will get to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just I just want to say it is what May 25th. So let's still there. Everyone's in shorts. Not even they, they were in helmets, but they're not even in pads. So let's temper our expectations a little bit. Let's go back to the offensive side of this and this whole Kirk needs a good defense and everything will be fine. Like nothing else needs to change. Kirk needs a defense, you know. All the Kirk people say, oh, yeah, well, you're moving the goalposts. It's like, well, you guys move the goalposts, too, where it's like, you know, it's like whack-a-mole or something. It's like, well, now he needs this. Now he needs this. Now he needs this. And what Christian Derrissaw said was really interesting. He said, really, it just helps us. Those looks, we weren't seeing those last year. And we'd get to games and team would run that certain defense and we'd be negatively affected. Now we're getting it practiced against it every day. It's not just one certain 4-3-3-4. He brings it all, he being Flores. He's definitely going to help us. I'm going to go back in time now, and I'm going to read a quote from Kirk Cousins. And it says, it's really muddy. So when you drop back, you don't quite know what you're getting. Obviously, as a quarterback, but any position on offense, you want to know what you're getting. And they're doing a good job with their disguise and making everything look the same. It's a great scheme, and they do a great job. It just makes practice difficult. Really, Kirk Cousins did. was not talking about Brian Flores. He was talking about Ed Donatel <laughs> and that defense this time last year in OTAs, which is exactly why OTAs mean nothing. It, it, it means absolutely nothing, especially in this era where Kevin O'Connell just basically wants to get everybody out of there healthy, which he should, by the way. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But remember when Dalvin Cook was lying up at a receiver this time last year? Yeah. <laughs> That that turned out. Or how about Sheldon Richardson riding on his white horse a couple of years ago to save the defense? That also didn't work. The only the... thing, the only thing that OTAs have foreshadowed over the past couple of years is when Stefan Diggs showed up because he was pissed off at Mike Zimmer because he wanted to run or throw the ball more. I mean, and I get it. This is a football podcast. There are football things going on. We talk about football things. If I was at practice, I would have my own observations. And really, the most glaring difference is the defense. I totally get it. But I mean, like you said, it's May 25th. It's May 20th. If if they are 
this lights out. Holy shit. We don't know what's happening with this defense thing. Uh, when they play the Buccaneers on, uh, when is it? September 9th or whatever they did week one. Yeah. yeah. Like awesome. Like, I love it. Like let's, let's ride this thing out, but there are so many questions right now. And I am not willing to just crown the Vikings defense because they had a good OTAs and the offense is like, Whoa, this is really different. Of course it is. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know what reporter asked Brent Flores yesterday, but they asked him like, you know, what's it going to take for like this defense to be top 10 defense. And in my head, I'm like, Whoa, 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 whoa. top 10. Like let's work on top 20 first before we get to top 10. Um, maybe well, one and day. also Brian Flores isn't going to go out there and be like, shit, I hope we're just a top 20 defense. Right. Year. No. Like, yeah. That, that's the bar. Like, of course, I don't know, but, but like chill out. Like you said, it's me, but yeah, like this. And the thing about <laughs> the thing that Kirk said, they do a good job disguising every, making everything look the same. Yeah. They did make everything look the same last year because everything was the same. <laughs> they did nothing. So yeah, everything was the same. And I think part of maybe the confusion Kirk was having last year was he was only, you know, a new offense too this year. This year, I think their com- the offensive players' comments are a little bit more significant because they're running the same offense, so they have less to think about. So most of their thoughts are just about what the defense is doing compared to what they're doing on offense, where last year they had to think about, you know, the different offensive playbook, and then they had to figure out what the defense was doing and then all that stuff. But this year it's mostly just figuring out what the defense is doing because you already know the offense. So I think their comments this year are a little bit more significant than they were a year ago. And then, yeah, the OTA things, like remember what? Anthony Barr every offseason. Oh, he's working with the the defensive ends. He's, he's putting his yeah. hand in the dirt. They're going to finally use him as a pass rusher. And then no, nothing, nothing happened during the season. They never did that. But yeah, OTAs, OTAs are the the place to like figure things out, try new things. Like Kirk Cousins wore a different helmet on uh, Monday, um, and then he switched. Remember back when to, Kirk wore a visor during OTAs too? Uh, yeah. Why doesn't he do that? Like, why don't more players do that? Like, I remember Cam, Cam Akers, um, when he first came in the league, I remember he had a gold visor and I'm like, dude, why didn't, why didn't he wear that during games? That looked sick. Justin, Justin but, Jefferson wears one during, yeah. I know he wears one during warmups. Um, I'm assuming he wears one during OTAs and, and, and training camp, but everybody's got the clear one. Now. Like, it, it, like everybody wears one, not just like some clear or like the reflective one. Um, and then you had like, like Cam Dancer had like graphics on his last year. That was interesting. That Wide was open right across the forehead or something <laughs> like that. Throw it, throw it at me. Um, I, but yeah, there's so many off season tropes, I guess you could name and lift off. And, you know, Mike Zimmer, every off season be like, so are you gonna let other people, uh, try and, uh, call plays and be like, um, oh, I'm going to think about it. And it's like, no, no, he's not. It's like one of those things like uh, right before the game, like, all right, this is my big chance. I get to do it. And Zimmer just rips the play sheet out of his hand. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought I was going to do something. He wouldn't even let um, people call plays in the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> they got like one I saw, practice. I saw Kirk was at a Chili's. You think mm-hmm. he felt God in that Chili's that night? No, I think he probably they probably knew. Well, obviously they knew his name because he's Kirk Cousins. But like, like the usual. He's like, yeah, bring it on over. Se- the second second drink it's when the you finish your drink but the ice melts. second Shirley temple is second drink on the shirley temple yes yeah. um do you watch the office are are, are you are these registering no, no. yeah 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 no i yeah with the okay the, okay i you I, I was thinking i'm like i don't think he knows what i'm referencing i didn't here. i didn't like, know if you were directly referencing that or you were just just making fun of kirk because sometimes those two well, things get, get blended together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
one of the one of the best episodes of The Office where Pam gets hammered and starts yeah, screaming yeah. that Chili's, I felt God in this Chili's tonight. Chili's is the new golf or whatever. Ah, <laughs> oh, amazing. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um... I will say this. This is why I might buy what they're saying. Last year, and, and I'm not excusing Adonatel. He absolutely deserved to be fired. And yeah, it, it didn't work last year. Like we can all admit. But he also was not working with what Brian Flores is working with right now. Right. Where Lewisine is healthy and he's in a role where he knows what he's doing. Brian Asamoah is getting more reps. Um, you know, you had you know, Patrick Peterson out there who good zone coverage, not in man coverage, just a little bit slower. Eric Kendricks, a lot slower, a um, lot, lot less speed than yeah, we Marcus have on Davenport defense right now. Too. Yes. Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. So maybe that might have something to do with it where people are just flying around faster. And I yeah, hope so. I, I mean, get, maybe that, much, maybe that's the difference that bumps this up to a top 10. De- can't get top much slower. No, <laughs> like people like we were talking about, you know, Bill Barnwell's thing. It's like, well, they let go of this guy and this guy and this guy. Yeah. None of them really made that big. Like people are talking like, Oh, losing Adam Thielen is going to be a big difference. It's like if, if Jordan Addison produces at the same level, yeah, like, okay, which, which shouldn't be hard. And you're, and you're doing it at what? 20 million less dollar. Well, not 20, 20 15. 15 million more in your cap space. Like, yeah. sorry, we know yeah. you're from Minnesota. We'll save a spot in the ring of run. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, that that's OTAs. Um, another interesting thing at OTAs is, uh, who isn't at OTAs and, uh, Justin Jefferson is not present as he works out a new contract. Now it should be pointed out that OTAs are voluntary. So yeah. Um, Alec Lewis said in his article, there's nothing to worry about. And yet Matthew Collar said earlier this week that he'd be a little worried. He'd give the old rocks people, people's eyebrow. If, uh, no, that wasn't very good. No. Well, I'm also looking into the camera. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, no, nothing. You worried? Nothing, no, no. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be worried after if Justin Jefferson doesn't show up to mandatory minicamp, which is in the middle of June. If he's not there, then fine. Be worried. And there I'll, is nothing really pointing towards him being upset. No, like he's got he's, right he's got other things to do, too. Like and if he's doing everything that they want him to do where he is, then why does he need to? Go to Minnesota. Like he knows the offense. He knows, you know, he's got a good connection with Kirk. It's not like that's gonna disappear if he misses some practices. I think that <laughs> sometimes gets overblown too, where like I don't know, because it's Kirk Cousins, like little things like when they asked him about Joe Burrow, like, hey, how'd you oh yeah, Joe Burrow's he got that swagger, man. Justin yeah. Jefferson thinks Kirk Cousins has no swagger. Like, 
Click it's on not, the yeah, link. It's not, it's not, not everything Justin Jefferson says is related to Kirk. Sometimes it is, but not. Especially when they ask him, you know, who has more swag? If it's Kirk or Joe Burrow. And that's one. That's not Anybody a fair question. Anybody with a brain could be like, yeah, that's yes, not a Joe That's Burrow. not a fair question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook, I think, has been fishing the last few days. So he's not even, he could be working out, but he hasn't been posting that. Um, Daniel Hunter, we know he wants a contract that pays him what he's worth, which he deserves. Um, and then who else? I think Jordan Hicks wasn't there. But sometimes guys, like, it just, some things come up. Their schedules don't align with, you know, OTAs. I don't think Tom Brady ever went. Um, and he's the Aaron greatest. Aaron Yeah. And, and those two are the, you know, begrudgingly, I admit, those two are two of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. And those were the quarterback. I think, I think they're going to be fine. Um, but like I said, if Justin Jefferson is not there at mandatory minicamp, I think it's around like June 11th or 12th. Fine. You can, you can freak out because that's, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> that means there's, that means there's a rift. We don't, we don't want a rift between the, offensive player of the year and the like so i only i only get scared when i think of like how quickly the tyreek hill thing like deteriorated yeah like all of a sudden it was like tyreek hill is unhappy with his contract tyreek hill is about to get traded tyreek hill has been traded it's like whoa 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 it's been like 20 minutes what's going on here but he's a more he's a little more i would say outspoken than maybe someone like justin jefferson was correct if he's unhappy with what he's getting paid, he's gonna he's gonna let you know, and he's not gonna stop until you you fix it. Where mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, first off, he knows he's getting paid, so he doesn't have to be like, oh, I, "I'm worth this." Everyone knows you're worth the most money that a receiver should earn in the league, so he doesn't have to even argue that. So I think it's it's luckily the Vikings are in a much better situation than the Chiefs were with with Tyreek Hill. Also, the Chiefs are like, "We got Patrick Mahomes, sure." Get out of here. Guess what? We won the Super Bowl. Without <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have Juju as our wide receiver yeah. one and still yeah. win the Super Bowl. Yeah. How was Miami, dude? I hope you had fun not winning a Super Bowl. Great. Have fun. Um, Other players, you kind of mentioned it, so I'll run. I mean, Daniil Hunter's not there. I would be shocked if there was a Hunter trade at this point. Like, I just I just think. Yeah, stuff would have super, to break down. I, I, think, I think they'll probably wind up agreeing on like a three a band-aid so to speak yeah two three years excuse me two with the option for a third yeah something like that um bumps up his salary gets him paid a little bit more like those high-end edge rushers i mean if i'm daniel hunter i'm looking at like the contract von miller and bradley chubb got i'll have one of those and and if if that's the case trade him like you know if he wants a five-year deal like you can't be we talk about dalvin cook you know trading him at the trade deadline during the year daniel hunter could be one of those guys too Mm-hmm. So, so that's something could to, be an interesting year. Um, yeah, Cook. I'm I'm at eighty twenty. He's leaving again. Oh, um, you're up to eighty again. Yeah, I just it just seems like there's a lot of things pointing towards it. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I was about, looking around. Oh, didn't, go ahead. It, didn't, it, didn't it feel that way about Austin Eckler for the Chargers? It did. Or, and well, nobody wanted to trade for Eckler, which yeah. is weird. But they also knew they were going to have to give him. They more didn't want money. to pay a running back. No one wants to pay a running back. <laughs> Mamas don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. Yeah, not 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 this day and age in the NFL. Maybe maybe it'll change. Maybe they'll you know sometimes things go. It's a cycle and teams will go back to running the ball. But for now, no, it's not not the case. Um, I found a trade proposal online. Um, oh. good old clutch points. We're at that point of the off season. <laughs> uh, says. <laughs> Cowboys give up a 2024 third and a seventh round pick for Dalvin. You're doing that, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're yes. <laughs> Jerry. Yes. Are you drunk? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd probably check on Jerry Jones's well-being. 
there's no way the Cowboys actually do this unless pick, Jones yes. gets drunk off of moonshine. But yeah, that's that's an easy yes. And, and the Vikings don't give up any draft compensation. Just no. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, just Dalvin Cook. What? I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the offseat. Welcome to the doldrums. Well, yeah, like, like great. Yeah, we, we got quotes about defenses 10 days in and we got yeah, easy trades. Got yeah, easy trades. Uh, trades that you would smash on Madden. You could get a first round pick for Dalvin Cook on Madden right now. Really? <laughs> if you go in the Madden frame. Well, yeah, he's like a 95 rated player. You just go to the Falcons and go, I'll take your first. And they go, OK, sure. So wow. I thought Madden was like real, but I guess not. Madden, it sucks. Like I, all they want to do. Can, can I rant? I mean, we're, we're yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah. I'll rant about it. I'm like, man sucks because like once they started developing Madden ultimate team, like oh, yeah. franchise just took a backseat because you don't make any money off a franchise. You make money off ultimate team and you get all these kids using their parents credit cards. to like make buy these packs and huh? you can make money off of Madden other well, than like being in like a league or something. Well, no, the developers can make oh okay, okay, okay madden okay, ultimate okay. team okay i understand so i'm so i mean and like for somebody like me <laughs> I, I was like playing, i need to start playing madden i well yeah i mean you can you can make money at madden you just gonna be really good at a yeah. very bad video game yeah um you know every year it's incomplete every year like something is wrong with it at launch like this year it was any pass you throw was immediately an interception which what? i i also love to like I, I hate putting touch on throws. I like to throw bullet passes. So yeah. part of it's my fault, but it's also just like, I'm going to break a controller pretty quick because <laughs> Justin Jefferson was open by five yards and that pass is getting intercepted now. Like, yeah. you know, Justin Herbert is on the free agent market after one year. That shit's not happening. <laughs> like I'm not trading Dalvin cook for a first round pick, like make it make sense. Yeah, but you know, we here's this. You can play as Snoop Dogg uh, if you want to. You can put him on your favorite team. No, I don't care. I'd rather like try and build the Vikings to a juggernaut. Like, yeah, video games know. like that are, are. I feel like they're probably hard to to make nowadays because you have you have that young. You're always going to have the young audience that plays video games, and they're going to have the things that they like. But with a game like Madden, you have that kind of like older. Uh, demographic too that's maybe in like their 30s and 40s who are used to the the old game and they want it to be more authentic they don't care about the the madden team or whatever or the ultimate team and or or fantasy trades and stuff like that they just want to play a game that looks like the product on the field has the the right rosters teams make the correct moves and that's it but I, I feel like it's probably hard to do that because you got the kids that have like the tiktok attention span and then you have you know the traditionalists which are I used to play Madden all the time growing up and I would like I would spend hours making sure the rosters were like this the same as yeah. <laughs> the same as they were so I could get the most authentic experience from a video game. Um but yeah the thing I hear about Madden all the time is like they always claim like they're doing all this new stuff and then it looks like exactly the same uh when it, when it comes out and it's just like what what did you do you gave so this team new uniforms great wow you did so much different stuff that you were congrats on to updating do. the cardinals uniforms you took out yeah. the little stripe or whatever <laughs> um yeah the ncaa football game is supposed to come out yeah next who's year. making that yay uh yay that's great uh, news right 
But mm. it, it gives me hope. So it's like there's a couple of things that gives me hope for that. They took some of the guys who've been doing this college football revamp thing and put them on their staff. And also, too, it's kind of coming out that they didn't have the because everybody was mad when they kicked it back another year. But now right. it came out like they didn't have all the schools, which, yeah, that if it takes you an extra year to get Notre Dame in the game, yeah. do it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I did see something this morning that the transfer portal is going to be in the game, which um, oh, they should just treat that like free agency. <laughs> like, you know, like USC's just got this massive NIL budget like Minnesota has like nothing because yeah. they don't think NIL is a thing. Um, <laughs> That's good. They're down. They're at down at Barney's in Dinky Town. Just like, yeah. you want you want to put a quarter in our cook. lemonade fundraiser? Like, want to play football, kid? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, Sky Uma, row the boat. Go Gophers. Hey, let's talk about Adrian Peterson. Let's wrap things up that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Last April, there's supposed to be a big announcement about Adrian Peterson and um, didn't yeah. happen. So finally, we heard from Adrian. He had an interview with the Star Telegram's Clarence E. Hill Jr. Uh, that's a lot for a name. He must really want to distinguish himself as I'm not just Clarence Hill Jr. I'm Clarence E. Hill. Jr. Um, yeah. Like, you know, uh, in wrestling, like uh, there's Phantasma and then there's yeah. El Hijo del Phantasma and then there's like El Grand Hijo. Uh, Ray Mysterio you know, Jr. Ray Mysterio Jr. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, he used to be that. And then he's just Ray Mysterio. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's his shithead kid, uh, ex-con Dom. <laughs> But, well, that's for another podcast. Might be at the end of this podcast. I don't know. But uh, Adrian told Clarence E. Hill Jr. that mentally I have not officially hung it up. We'll see what happens. My mindset is if God's willing, maybe an opportunity presents itself and maybe it happens this season. I'll go from there. But if nothing happens this season for sure, I will be hanging it up. Since being released by the Vikings after the 2017 season, Peterson has ran for 3,171 rushing yards, 23 touchdowns, and 3.9 yards per carry. He last played with the Seattle Seahawks during the 2021 season. Will Adrian Peterson play in the NFL in 2020? No, 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 um, no. Uh, you know, uh, no. Especially with like some of the off-field stuff that he's been uh, had his name into. There's there's even less of a reason for a team to bring in. Adrian Peterson, I think the Seahawks were like kind of the last ditch. They're like one of the he went he went to <laughs> all the teams that like still run the ball and still wasn't able to stay with those teams. So he went like went to the Titans, then he went to the Seahawks, and both of the teams were like, "No, we're good. We're this gonna isn't go with working like, out." Yeah, we're gonna go with like an undrafted rookie instead. Um, so you 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 have fun wherever. But yeah, I think I think with this this these comments from Peterson show that he's he's finally maybe coming to terms with the fact that his time in the NFL is, is probably done. Cause I think he said if he doesn't get signed, then he's going to hang it up. Um, so he's going to hang it up. Uh, but it's interesting because if he doesn't play this year, he'll actually go into the hall of fame with like, I think only two, he only has to wait like two or three years because mm-hmm. he, because it goes from your last, last appearance in the NFL, which was uh, almost two years. Ago. Um, so he wouldn't be in the same class as, as Tom Brady. He might be like a year or two before. Um, but what a, what a, first off, what a class like this year's retirees are going to be like Tom Brady, JJ Watt. Uh, I think there's somebody else too. I can't think of, um, but yeah, like yeah, he's not he's not he's not playing yet. <laughs> but I and I think I know why he wants to play. 
again, it doesn't have to do with football. Um, yeah. has to do with his bank account not having as much money as it should for someone who's made over, I want to say, over $100 million in the NFL. So he is uh he's in the same Hall of Fame as uh Antonio Cromartie and yeah. uh Travis Henry, Antonio Brown and Sean Kemp and uh yeah. I'm trying to think who else is like there's 10 a lot. plus kids. There's a lot. There, there there's a lot. Um I'm not yeah. even talking about kids. I'm just talking about money even like guys oh, just yeah. you get you get paid a ridiculous amount of money and you're you're broke. Like I understand you have people to yeah, that too. Taxes. Yeah, that dude rented a camel for his thirtieth birthday. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think somebody posted like, "Oh, well, I wonder why Adrian Peterson has no money." And then they just posted a picture of him. Uh, yeah, he's never going to live that down. Yeah, he's not going to play again. Um, does he? I have a prediction. Okay, it, it's far fetched. Um, if a team were interested, I think that team would be the Dallas Cowboys. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> Tony that one... Poll- Tony Pollard's coming off that injury and. Jerry Jones loves his big name. <laughs> yeah, we. Adrian yeah. P. He's from Texas. He's from Texas. Texas. He's yeah, from yeah. Palestine. And that was even mentioned in, in the the Hill article yes, that, like, that uh, the Cowboys should maybe consider signing him. And I'll, I think I saw a bunch of replies from Cowboys fans who were like, "No, they shouldn't do that because they just got rid of <laughs> they got rid of Ezekiel Elliott because they thought he was old and he's like thirty and Peterson's almost forty. Uh, yeah, that was that was funny when he what Peterson wanted wanted to play until he was fifty. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah, I'm shocked he didn't go to like the USFL or the XFL or anything like that. He goes to probably don't for that, and they probably don't pay a lot. So not enough. There, there is not enough for uh, to make up buying a camel for no um your birthday. I'm sure it was fun though to have a camel. And when these comments got me thinking though, but like uh, last year was Jared Allen. I think the year before was Kevin Williams. Who's getting in the Ring of Honor this year for? The Vikings. Are they doing any money? Do they do it every year? I feel like they do it every year, right? Like one inductee, yeah. Hmm. Chad Greenway? What? Yeah. That could be. Yeah. Jim Klein Saucer. <laughs> Old no. Saucer Colossal. Fans would love that, but I don't think so. Antoine Winfield. That's a good one, yeah. That's that's a more serious one. Um who else do you think? I don't know. That's why I, I that's why I brought it up because I'm like, I if Peterson was Dante. retired, I could I could see him going now. That would be hilarious. That would be a hilarious troll with all this talk of Dante <laughs> versus Kirk. That someone would be like, We're gonna put Dante in. People would be like, What? <laughs> People would blow a gasket. Like I I I think Greenway and Winfield definitely yeah. above Dante Culpepper, but yeah, I don't know. I could see Robert it down Smith? the road. I think we talked it. Robert Smith's not in the ring of honor. Right. Yes. So, absolutely. He should be in. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm trying to think of anybody else. I don't know. Some, ran- some random old guy that we never talked about. Because uh, Ahmad Rashad's in it, I think. I think he's in it. Love Ahmad Rashad. Yeah. Even what's though. His real, what's his real? Oh, his, I don't his know. His first name? His, his original name? Not his real name. His real name is Ahmad Rashad. But. I have, I have, I love Ahmad Rashad for two reasons. One, NBA inside yeah. stuff. I like NBA work because I that just takes me back to like round ball rock. I didn't like, even know he played for the, the Vikings 90s. when I was watching. Me either. Me, it, t- it <laughs> took me a whole, like, I thought he was just like basketball guy and like, you know, round ball rock and yeah. Michael Jordan yeah. and, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. My dad Charles would walk Barkley. by and be like, oh, yeah, he played for the Vikings. I'd be like, what? Oh, he played, good what, old did he play basketball NBA. for the Vikings? Yeah. Good he's old like days the NBA with, where uh, he can literally murder someone in the paint and be like, play on. And he's best friends with like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite the, uh, quite the gig. If you yeah. can get it. Yeah. Um, 
The other reason I like Ahmad Rashad is my friends when I was a kid, uh, we were watching basketball and he was on the TV and somebody looks at me and he goes, Ahmad Krishad. And I'm like, and then it became like a nickname. And then Ahmad just got dropped. And then people call me Krishad, Krishad. even though it's pronounced Shad. Um, <laughs> my parents don't appreciate that. They went to a conference. My Spanish teacher in high school was like, okay, Mr. and Miss." Or Mr. and Mrs. Shad, um, your your <laughs> kid Chris Shad is you know kind of getting it, and you know, uh, and my mom's like, well, you're not getting Shad. my name, so, yeah, it, it's Shad. But That's I'm funny. glad you know who my kid is. Um, everybody, yeah. Knows so we got me. Greenway, Winfield, and Robert. I think I think they do one every year. Yeah, so I think I'm trying to. Is there a coach at Williams? No, not Pat. I don't think he was there long enough. No. <laughs> Brett Favre. Ben Lieber. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even get that one out. Um, <laughs> there would be Lieber someone. probably If he's with the radio network long enough, I think Lieber will get in. Yeah, like Because he'll be like this central figurehead. Yeah, is Greg That's Coleman in there? The I think Greg Coleman's in there. Yeah, if he was with maybe the radio. He, if he's not, maybe he's oh, the guy. Are they going to pick Paul Allen? I think PA should be in there, though. Yeah, he should. He's been the voice for so he. Like, I think when he hangs it up, how old is P.A.? Like, Are they going to be able to 16? fit his head, though, inside the U.S. Bank Stadium if he gets picked for the Ring of Honor? Jesus Christ. This is true. <laughs> his eyebrows it won't even, like, hang up on the <sighs> thing. It'll yeah. just break off the uh, break off the upper deck. He's had some That's great a- calls, but I cannot, I cannot listen to a full game with, with P.A. It's just, it's too much. He calls a game like it's a, a horse race, and that's that's his background. But sometimes it can just be a little, little too much. But he has some good moments, you know, like, like uh, all the Adrian Pearson, he's loose and everything. And the the Greg Lewis, welcome to Minnesota. Of course, the Brett Favre interception. How can you even? This isn't. This isn't Detroit, this, man. This isn't Detroit. The Arizona call. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there. PA's got some bangers for sure. Uh, he's gonna go in. Blair God. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably. Can you even name another radio announcer for the Vikings? No. I I can't. No, I don't like know. Like he is he's synonymous with the synonymous with the Vikings. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't obviously I didn't listen to the radio, the Vikings radio growing up because I was in no. fucking New York. I remember the, yeah. the Bills radio announcer. His name was like Vern something. Uh, and he was with the team for like fifty years. Very distinct voice. Um, but no, I don't know I don't know who was before Paul Allen, which doesn't that which tells you how good they were because nobody knows. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody like Judd Zolgad knows. Who the announcer was because he's probably living listening on the radio growing up for sure i i love games on the radio but anyway um that's a good place to hang it up fall out in the ring of honor um we do this man this is a horrible outro <laughs> this has been the viking age podcast we do this every monday and thursday right here on the viking age youtube channel if you miss us we're available in podcast form on apple spotify the very next day but however you consume us rate comment like and subscribe so you never miss a new episode for adam patrick i am chris shad we'll see you monday on the viking age podcast mm-hmm.